listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast with host John Pimba and James Grandey. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? John Pemba here, James Grandey, Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast, recording here on Wednesday evening for Thursdays. Three game main slate. James, we got Utah, Philly on a back to back here. We got Lakers, Memphis, Denver, San Antonio. We have three teams you said on a back to back. I actually think it's four Utah, Philly, Memphis, Denver. So four, four. of the six teams are on back to backs. Impressive. Hopefully, we'll see what happens <laughs> with people being sat. We'll see what, what works there. Again, we're going to do this game by game for this uh, short slate here. You guys let us know if you like this format like going position by position. Give us the feedback. We're here to tailor this to however is best for you all to listen, learn, uh, and ultimately dominate your DFS competition. So James, let's get into it. Utah, Philly, we'll kick it off with the Utah side of this matchup. Who are we looking at? So I think Donovan Mitchell obviously stands out. Philly has been a pretty poor defensive unit. Donovan Mitchell at halftime of Wednesday's game against the Timberwolves has 19 actual points. He's taken 13 shots. So obviously, you know, we're traveling from Minnesota to Philly. So lots of travel for Utah. Maybe not the best spot, uh, but it is three games late. I think we can go Mitchell. I think Gobert has a pretty tough spot going up against Embiid. Always, I guess, the chance of Embiid sitting a back-to-back, but not that so, not so much the chance. Like, if Embiid sat, I would like Gobert a lot more. I think Mike Conley's underpriced, John, truthfully. I liked his price tag for Wednesday slate. He's not really doing a lot, but he was 5500 so $300 increase. And then I'd probably, on a three-game slate, is when I generally like to play someone like Jordan Clarkson. Because if he gets hot and scores 25 actual at... at 4,900, I mean, we have a chance to take down a tournament. So I'm keeping my exposure pretty light. I guess if Whiteside were to sit, they've yeah, been sat, sat tonight. So playing sat tonight and they've been playing small. And that means Rudy Gay has gotten more minutes. He's played 20 in three of his last four and he has 11 minutes at half. I guess it's a back to, but I believe he played, yeah, he played a back to back just last week, 16 and then 23 minutes on the second leg. So I'm uh, not really concerned there. So I think. If Whiteside were to miss time, take a shot on someone like Rudy Gay and maybe Joe Ingles as well. All right. If we're looking at the Philadelphia side of things here, this one being a back-to-back matchup, obviously maybe a little bit tough uh, going up against Utah, but at least they are home and not in Utah. I think it is a positive way to look at this. Maxi came back tonight after missing the other night. We've seen Embiid really play well, and Harris was active for tonight's game as well. So in terms of Embiid versus Gobert, does that scare you off of him at all? I think Embiid would be a GPP pivot, but I don't love that 11K price tag, truthfully. Okay. I'm just thinking small slate. Maybe he has that upside, but it is the matchup that certainly worries you. So I guess who on Philly then are you looking at? Anybody jump out to you over the others? Uh, Maybe a Niang revenge here, John. A little Niang revenge. Nah, he didn't look great. Seth Curry in the tournament. He's having a really good night on Wednesday. Um, and I think he gets lost in the shuffle when everyone's healthy. Like everyone expects Maxi Harris and Bede to have big games with Seth Curry's having a big game. Obviously, if Embiid were to sit the back-to-back, Drummond's a lock and load. I guess the, the question is, do we think that Danny Green sits on a back-to-back? Because if Danny Green sits a back-to-back, then like Milton comes into play, Niang comes into play, Thibel comes into play, someone like that. But not a lot of interest for me on the Philly side. I don't know if you have the same feelings or different feelings, but like, it's tough to, it's really tough to like go at Utah. Yeah. I mean, maybe Toby, maybe, but that's maybe. probably it for me. Next matchup. We have the Los Angeles Lakers going up against the Memphis Grizzlies here. Lakers 
getting a win the other night against the Celtics. LeBron James continues to just dominate. He only played, sorry, he only went for 42 fantasy points. We had 30 actual. So it's rare where he goes for 30 actual and comes in under 50. I'll call that sort of an outlier performance here. But against Memphis, certainly a much better position uh, position for him. Yeah, I think we're going right back to the well. And I I said it in our Discord last night, John, when like the games aren't competitive, which LA really turned on the Jets in the second half, so especially the start of that third quarter. Like, LeBron is just, like, chilling at the three-point. He got a lot of his work done. He had, like, 16 actual in the first quarter. So, you know, he just kind of, like, coasted in that second half. And I think if that was a more competitive game, you'd see him crash the boards. you see him more active in the assist category. So I'm willing to go back to LeBron. What's something that you and I have been talking about, LeBron, over the last, uh, since he's been back? Well, he said it himself that he has to basically try. And nobody plays him. Right. And nobody plays him. Even on a three-game slate on Tuesday, he was, what, 14%, I think it was, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to go back there. I think Davis is okay on a three-game slate. I think Westbrook is okay on a three-game slate. Did they let Malik Monk play this time? <sighs> no, because maybe. They just, like, it freaks me out because Vogel probably was like, oh, we won. We held the Celtics to 102 points, so let's give Avery Bradley another 25 minutes, right? Let's give Wayne Ellington run. Like, they are so lost with their rotations right now. Who, If there was one guy on this Lakers team outside of their big three, who would you play? Like, if there was one guy you, you'd be, like, the most confident with playing, who would it be? Carmelo, if there's anybody. Melo? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. He's probably, right? He's probably, like, the only, literally the only. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, he's, if you're, I mean... He still scores, right? He still scores. So there's always the chance that he just gets hot, right? Like he's not afraid to shoot. He's on the floor 20, 25 minutes, sometimes a little bit more. But when he's out there to shoot the basketball, you get one of those nights where instead of going for nine, he's seven for nine. And all of a sudden he's got 35 fantasy points, right? So, you know, that mellow for me is probably where I would end up. Yeah, me too. I, I like... Don't want to give up the Malik Monk because I think even, I mean, even in 19 minutes, he was, he gave us nine, essentially 19 fantasy points because he's just good when he's on the floor. But I guess a large field tournament play only. Yeah, the Memphis side here, but still no John Morant. So we're looking at a lot of these guards. We know how bad defensively the Lakers have been. I mean, Desmond Bain's going to be a guy that I think is going to be in a lot of team people. As he should be, right? And I highlighted it in uh, Wednesday's playbook that he's not leading the team in usage rate, and he's not leading the team in fantasy points per minute, but he gets a massive bump either way, and he's third in both those categories. He's with a 24.5% usage rate without Ja and Kyle Anderson, who once again was ruled out Wednesday, and then 1.1 fantasy points per minute. This guy keeps balling, so I'm with you. I think Desmond Bain is in a great spot. He looked really good against the Lakers earlier in the year as well. And Dylan Brooks, I mentioned leaders in usage rate. Dylan Brooks in play tournaments. He leads in usage rate with Jaron Jackson Jr. second. John, what do you think? Ty, I mean, like, I guess it's tough to, like, look at Tyus Jones and be like, damn, six. Three straight games of 26 or more fantasy points, not including Wednesday. Seven or more assists in three straight. He has double-digit points in three straight. He has two-plus steals in three of four. Like, would you, on a small slate, consider Tyus at 6K? Yeah, I think so. Again, it all depends on your roster build and really the depth at the point guard position, right? I know that there's a point guard we're going to discuss in a moment that's going to be probably 
uh, maybe our favorite of the slate. But if you're looking for some value, I think he certainly fits the bill. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of value, Stephen Adams, uh, I guess we'll wait and see what he's going to do on a back-to-back or what he does, how many minutes he, I guess he plays tonight at halftime because they've been giving him a lot of minutes. He is at 15 and once again, doing well, doing the thing at a very cheap price tag. So I'd be willing to go back to Stephen Adams. Started Anthony Davis last night at center. Dwight played like 15 minutes. So I think it's not the worst matchup for Stephen Adams there. Yep, I agree with you. Anybody else on Memphis? Uh, Melton in a tournament. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. if you think Adams is limited and Clark is out, there's Tillman. Maybe there's Aldama or something like that. Yeah, I think one of those two are fine. And then John Concher has been like firmly in their rotation too because they're just Peterson has been out so right that's kind of helped that of late as well he has his moments obviously his big game came in that okc game but he's definitely had some moments at times this year and even last year in some games so all right let's finish this off denver san antonio i'll kick it off at the home team here san antonio i alluded to a point guard just recently as probably our favorite Dejounte murray i know the other night 37 fantasy points big letdown against the knicks in 35 minutes I mean, he still gave, still gave you seven rebounds, seven assists, right. just the 15 actual kind of low for him. He's probably the guy, right? You know, if you're, yeah. the question is, three games slate, he's $9,700. There is Jokic on this slate that you'll probably want to pay up for. So you got to figure out, can you fit them both? You- so just, I just quickly plugged 48 or 47.50 is what we have if we start our build with Murray and Jokic. So... I think it would we'd have to get someone rolled out, right? Because I don't think we've talked about an extremely like deep value pool. So you might have to pick and choose. But if you're going to pivot off Jokic, I think Murray could be your guy. I mean, look, he had a bad game, 37 fantasy points. Still with that bad game over his last five, t- five outings, he's averaged 47 fantasy points per game. So I think Murray's firmly in play here as one of the top spend-ups of, this, of, the, of the entire I'm with you. Derek White, also one of our favorite plays of this lady. He was low rostered the other day, came through big time on, on, on Tuesday. I think he'll be higher rostered after that performance, but still a great price. Yeah, and Pop made a comment the other day about it, and he said it took him a while to get in rhythm this year, but he's been great. And Pop just doesn't say that about everyone. I mean, he's, he's great for a reason, He and Derek White... I mean, out, excluding the Phoenix game, 42, 44 against 44 fantasy points against the Knicks, 37 against Golden State, 33 against Portland, 42 against Washington, 42 against Boston. He's been great. So no reason to think 6,300. We're not paying that. I think if you do tend to play ga- cash games, and I do think a lot of people do play cash games no matter the size of the slate, I think Derek White 6,300 is a lock and load for cash. I think he's a lock and load in tournaments, but I definitely think he's a lock and load of cash in cash yeah. games as well. I agree with you. Where are we going? I guess we need to know the cell news. We also need to know what's going on with Keldon. Keldon, yeah. Uh, because Lonnie Walker obviously becomes appealing if that ends up being the case. And, and then I guess, is it going to be Keta Bates Young or is it going to be Thad Young? So that was a DM. Yep. And so. they immediately, and you and I messaged, I, you said something. You were like, ah, uh, because we were talking about the slate on Tuesday. And, and Keldon went down, and you're like, oh, well, that's probably going to give Lonnie all the time. He's 50% owned, because you and I both faded Lonnie. But then Bates Diop came in and played yeah. 17 minutes, and he was the beneficiary. So I guess it's it's probably Lonnie if they're both out. It's probably Bates Diop, too. But I think if it's like—I mean, Bates Diop probably just benefits— 
to Kelvin news and Lonnie probably benefits to the Vassell news. I think either way, if I, I have some interest in McDermott here, I think that would be my play. McDermott, if Kelvin sits, because McDermott's been playing a little better. He only 18 fast points, but the shots falling right now, multiple threes in four straight games. We're getting a little in the rebound category. We're getting some assists. So I have some interest in Doug McDermott, especially if Kelvin Johnson sits. Okay, I could buy into that one as well. Would you go any of the centers here? How fast does Jakob Pertl get in foul trouble against Jokic? Probably, fair, probably fairly quickly. Well, then you have my answer. I mean, no, I think I think he's in play in tournaments. I think what we saw... Okay, next follow-up question to that. We saw his ownership over 50% on Tuesday slate at 5,900. What's it going to be at 64 against Jokic? Probably lower. Probably you, 20. So if you want to play the tournament leverage game, then I think Jakob could be a, a viable option. Sure. Denver side of things, Jokic, of course, probably the top spend up here. Yeah, it's just, again, it's like... You, you know, play Jokic, you know? Yeah, it's like you shouldn't have, like, worry that he... Like, right now, we're three minutes into the second half for Denver. Jokic has 17, 10, 3, and 1 in 20 minutes. So he's had a double. He has three rebounds. So he's probably going to get there. He has 10 assists, John. We're three minutes into the second half. Like this is, mm-hmm. this, he's unreal. So like, yeah, if, you, if you're okay playing 11, eight, and th- this is your, this is something that you've been really good at hitting on smaller slates that people need to understand. And it, it's something that you always bring up. If Jokic goes for 70 tomorrow and you do not have him, you are, you don't have a chance at winning a tournament. Pretty much. You probably don't have a, a you have a low chance at cashing because he's going to be sixty percent owned against the Spurs. So that's the risk you take fading Jokic, and it works sometimes, and it work it doesn't work other times. Yep, I agree. Other options here for Denver probably Will Barton and Jeff Green. Will Barton, yes, responded well to the illness, missed shoot around, and then started the game like five for five tonight. Jeff Green, good value. Three games late. If you want to get a little saucy, Bones Highland off the COVID list was dancing put out like a video of him dancing tonight before because he's so happy he was out of quarantine so i think you can go like do some maybe dumpster diving with some bones highland what's he at right now let's see he has played eight minutes off the bench Compazzo's played 12 john second into the second half so maybe Compazzo, maybe bones if you want to go if you were uh also jeff green no jeff green's still starting okay just check okay Okay, so that wraps up the three games. We'll have the playbook carried for you. I think it's Ray. I think Ray's on the playbook for Wednesday, or for Thursday, rather. So it's probably already posted by the time you're listening to this. If you have any questions, you can get me on Twitter. You can get me in Discord. James is going away for a wedding. Maybe he'll answer you. Maybe he won't. So you'll have to just tag him and find out. But either way, I'll be (laughs) available for you. And so will everybody else on the team in Discord. Any parting thoughts here, James? I'm guessing not. So for James and John, we will catch you guys later.